Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. Um, I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. He's just freshly back from Louisiana, where he had crawfish everything. Crawfish, yes. yes. Fried crawfish, crawfish etouffee, broiled crawfish, sautéed crawfish, crawfish au gratin, crawfish bisque, crawfish bunk gumbo, and crawfish pie. Yeah. Me, oh my. Yeah, it was going to turn into a crawfish, it looks like. so. Yeah. Anyway, all you guys from Louisiana, we want to say hi and um. You know, if you want to send Tony's a present, send him some crawfish. I love Louisiana. Tallest state capital in the United States in Baton Rouge. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact of the day. Fun fact of where the day. Where they shot Huey Long. I look where they, where they dabbed the bullet holes in the marble. Still there. Yep. All right. Fun fact of the day. The tallest, tallest state capital or tallest? Tallest building. The tallest state capital in the United States. Wow. Well, we're recording our program on Jan- oh, sorry, on July the 1st. I almost said January the 1st. Um, July the 1st, um, 2021. Another I- fun fact. What? Today, in 1776, they, they held the first vote for America's independence at the Continental Congress. Really? Yep. See, we're patriotic here. On- patriotic. First vote yeah. today. Yeah. Today's also my wife's birthday. Special day. Yeah, I'm not going to say how many years because she might shoot me. But anyway, it's her, <laughs> it's her birthday course this won't air until like three weeks later yeah, but she'll anyway. be another year older no. <laughs> be closer to my birthday when it comes on the year anyway you know we always love to hear from you guys um if you want to send us an email you can email us podcast at rhema.org rhema spelled r-h-e-m-a podcast rhema.org also you can like us on facebook and instagram and we always want to hear from you you know it's good to hear from our listeners and once again we want to shout out to india India is, besides the United States, India is, is our second biggest country that listens to the podcast. We're hotter than curry in India. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're hotter than curry, um, but people in India, for whatever reason, like us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they get our sense of humor. I like Indian food, too, just putting that out there. <laughs> Tony, I think you just like food. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't matter what kind of yeah. food it is. Yep. You just like food. Yep. Because, you know, you have to have food to survive. You do have to have this food. Uh, yeah. yeah. We also, you said you had some beignets too, right? I had some beignets. Cafe yeah. Du Monde. Yeah, shout out to Cafe Du Monde, New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. So you do realize that none of that stuff is on my diet. <laughs> yeah, not mine either, but, you know, one in Rome, one in Rome or New Orleans. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, we want to welcome today's guest on our program. Um, today's guest is... Reggie Knowles, he happens to be one of our teachers here at Rama. Uh, many of you probably have had him in class. Um, actually, he taught here two different on two different occasions. Reggie's also my office mate. I mean, you know, his, his office is right across the hall from my office, and so we're always talking all the time. But Reggie, it's good to have you on the program. Good to be here. You've been here so long, you went bald and turned with a, and grew a great beard. Yeah, it's uh, but it's still scary. It's still scary. <laughs> Yeah, Reggie goes, don't, t- don't ask how many classes I teach because I'll have to look it up. But if you come to Raymond, you'll have Reggie. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, for one of your classes. So, Reggie, um, let's start off. Give us your story. I mean, you know, how would you get saved? How would you end up here at Raymond and all the good stuff? Well, I started out as a child. <laughs> Most of us did. <laughs> I was a fetus first myself, personally. <laughs> well, I won the most important race. <laughs> No one got that. (laughs) 
Some of your listeners will get that in a couple yeah. of days. <laughs> well, um, they, my parents said I got saved around seven years old, but I don't, I don't actually remember it per se. Um, when I was 11 years old, we went to a full gospel church and we were a part of that organization for a long time. It was at that church where if you had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were the object of their affection. And uh, we would go forward and, you know, you'd be there until 11 o'clock at night while everybody was telling you how to pray in tongues. Turn loose, hold on, let go. That's it. Go on, go on, you know. And so somewhere in there around my 11th birthday, I became filled with the Holy Spirit. Went to church for a long time. Heard a lot of words. I didn't really understand some of those $50 religious words. Uh, and as I, I got older, went into the military, came out of the military, did a stint with uh, law enforcement. Uh, during that time in law enforcement, uh, I kind of entertained some guys that were riding around in a stolen car uh, to give them free lodging at the county hotel. And <laughs> they refused my offer and it came to an encounter that we had. It ended up uh, in the hospital with uh, several surgeries and three years of rehabilitation and during that period of time, and just before that, actually, uh, I was driving to work five o'clock in the morning and the Lord said to me, I didn't know it was the Lord at the time. I just heard a voice in my car. I said, get in the word. In all my years in religious circles, I had never heard the Bible called the word of God. It was always the Holy Scriptures. And so I kind of ignored that. And then a couple of days later on the way to work, same thing. You need to get in the word. So I called my mom and I told her, so she sent me the entire Bible on cassette tape with Alexander Scorby narrating. And so I figured that would kind of pause things. And uh, the second time that he talked to me about it, I just told him, I don't have time. I got extra duty jobs. I got a full-time job. I'm working with the kids. I'm doing different things, coaching. And, and so while I was in rehabilitation, the Lord said to me, well, he says, uh, you're doing pretty good. Well, now, and you have a lot of extra time. What's your excuse now? And at that time, I went to uh, I went and grabbed my TV tray, a cup of coffee, a pen, a pad, a Bible, and sat down, watched uh, TBN Channel 45, and I saw uh, Brother Hagen ministering, and he was a minister that actually spoke in a language that I could understand, and it was a direct relation. It was through a period of events that I found out that he had a Bible school, and so uh, the denomination that I was in was really, and my pastor was really pushing me to go to uh, their their Bible college. And, uh, but the Lord just kept telling me that Rama was the place that I needed to go. So I finally knuckled under and came out here and it's all history since then. And so what year was that? Uh, that I came out, I went to school 83 through 85, graduated from the pastor's group. And like, how old were you? 83, 83, Do you really want to know that? Well, no, I'm, I just want to let people know that Rhema is not just a place for, for 18, 20-year-olds yeah. or things like that. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people think, well, I, actually, I had a girl the other day. She was in her 30s. She said, Craig, am I too old to come to Rhema? I'm like, no, there's a lot of people that are actually older than you that come to Rhema. So, people twice your age. Yeah. So, you know, so, sometimes whenever we talk, because, you know, it's Rhema Bible Training College, that some people think, well, college is for young people. But, I mean, you were 33 whenever you came to Rhema. So. It's for everyone. <laughs> Well, actually, I think uh, the market is wide open to those that are retired. Uh, it won't be long before you'll get tired of ruining a good walk by chasing a white ball around and asking what you're going to do with your life. Uh, Abraham, 75. Moses was 80. 
I think it's a good time to start the ministry is after you've got all your career behind you and step out and do some things for God. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how old or how young you may be, you know, Rhema is a place for you. And the way to find about more about Rhema is rbtc.org. If you'll just go there, you can get information about Rhema. But also, if you'll just give us your email address, give us your phone number, we'll have one of our representatives give you a call, talk to you more about Rhema, send you more stuff, and maybe schedule a tour to come visit on the Rhema campus. Because, you know, and, you know, I mean, actually the school year for the 2021-2022 school year starts September the 1st. And if that's too early, we you can start in January of 2022, it's pretty, pretty, you know, I mean, you realize we're halfway through 2021. Yep. It's <laughs> quick. Yeah. Things are going quickly. All right. So you showed up at Rama. Now, did you and your wife both come to Rama or, or was, you know, I went first year, the kids were still young. So she stayed home, took care of the kids while I went. And, um, we graduated after we graduated, we actually, uh, got a call from Roy Craig, and the alumni, who was the director of alumni at the time, and said that Pastor had asked him to call me about a church in western Kansas to see if we could go out there and help them. And they had just built a new facility, remodeled, and uh, had a church split. And so we went out there thinking, you know, we would be the rock stars of the weekend. Yeah. And uh, ended up that uh, we ended up moving there. It was quite a culture shock for us. Uh, Population was 5,000, and that was probably counting pregnant women twice. Uh, small town. I come from Miami, Florida. When I came to Broken Arrow, it was culture shock. And, of course, when I went out to western Kansas, Scott City, to be exact, um, it was different. And but it's pr- it, pretty wild because it's real close to, to the to the dateline, to, to the, to the, you know, because you have central and then you have mountain time, like real close yeah, to each other. We were 50 miles from the Colorado border. Uh, the kids would be outside playing. You couldn't tell the kids come in when the streetlight came on because it was daylight until like 1030. Uh, so it was it was a great experience for me coming from, a, you know, a busy city. You know, everything was instant, add water, shake and pour to a place where they grew everything. And so it was It was a little bit different, but it was exactly what we needed. It was a, a place for us to be able to slow down and enjoy life a little bit more. Uh, it was a super great experience for us. Yeah, and um, I actually got to go to Scott City, Kansas. But yeah, you did. Only to move you back to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, it worked out that way. Yeah. Well, with Tim Rogers and quite a few other people that are now around the world doing some great things. Yeah, it was really good. You know, I, I do want to reiterate, it was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was out there. Yeah, it was about... What, what's close to Scott City? About 30, 35 miles north of Garden City. Do you know where Garden City is? No, I'd look it up. I've been all over Dodge Kansas. City, West Garden City is okay. west of Dodge yep, City. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's, it's way out western Kansas. So, um, you know, how, how long were you out in western Kansas? We were there for three years, and at that that church is where the Lord really developed me and having a personal relationship beyond what I thought a personal relationship was. And we all talk about having a personal relationship with God, but I think sometimes we are more in a personal religious relationship than a personal relationship. And so while I was there, I was doing what pastors do. We go through the church during the week when people aren't there, we, people sit in certain places you go through and you're praying over the chairs where they sit, you're sitting in the different areas, praying for the congregation. So as I'm walking through the church, uh, 
the Lord just interrupted me in my prayer. And he said, we have a good working relationship. And I thought about that for a minute, but before my head could swell too much, I said, what do you mean working relationship? And he said this, he said, it seems like all we talk about nowadays is the ministry. I miss the times when we just talked. And that literally, it changed my thinking because I thought that's all God cared about was what we do for ministry. And so in that time, another time I was out in the backyard because the guy that shows up to cut the grass for church on Sunday, Saturday afternoon, he wasn't there yet. So I went out and cranked up the mower and I'm out in the backyard cutting the grass at the church the whole time. Every time I make a pass by my office, the Lord would say, what are you doing? And so after about the third time, I, I just answered and said, I'm, I'm cutting the grass. He said, you need to be in the office. We need to be talking about tomorrow. And then a, a, another time, which, you know, I'm hesitant to even tell this one because those that are much more spiritual than I probably won't grab it. But I was playing a video game. It was called Top Gun. <laughs> And uh, I had been playing this game for quite a while, and I couldn't stick that last carrier landing on the game. So I'm sitting there. It's just me in the room, and I'm doing that. I'm, you know, banging, banging the floor with my fist. And why can't I get this? And so is this game based on the movie Top Gun? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know Top Gun too. Though. Aren't they working on that right now? Well, they said it was going to be out last year in the summer, but you know, COVID, yeah, we had COVID. <laughs> COVID had a, something to say about that. I guess it took them down. But anyway, while I was there, the Lord just spoke in my heart. He said, well, you didn't ask me to help you. I dropped the joystick and I said, you want to play a video game? And he didn't answer. And so I, I said, okay, let's do this. And I went through and stuck that landing one shot. And that just showed me something is that God wants to be involved in our personal life and the things that we enjoy doing as much as the things he enjoys us to do so when you go fishing go fishing with the lord when you go golf and take the lord with you when ladies go shopping take the lord with you it's a personal relationship when you're driving in your car he's with you he said that he would be in us he would never leave us he would never forsake us and yet we ghost jesus all the time we we just ignore his presence i had uh you probably remember dr craig kennedy yeah after i graduated fellow alumnus after I graduated from school, we had him come out and do a healing meeting out there for us in, in Kansas. And uh, while he was over the house one night and we're just sitting there, we're having dinner and we're just kind of having a general conversation. And so he told me he was single at the time. Now, he's this is a trauma surgeon. I'm a very intelligent man. And uh, he says, well, generally in my relationship with the Lord, he says, uh, since I don't have anybody to eat with, I always set a plate for the Lord. And when I sit down, that's when we have our time of fellowship. So all of these things coming together caused me to really study how Jesus interacted with the disciples. And when I see how Jesus interacted with the disciples, they had a lot of fun. They did a lot of really neat things together. Uh, even though they were, they were going through difficult times together, uh, you know, and they didn't really listen to him that much. I mean, he talked for three years about, in three days, you know, I'm going to die. And three days later, I'm going to be risen from the dead. And on the third day, Jesus came out and it's like, where's everybody? Did nobody listen to me? <laughs> and so when we see that, we, we need to think about 
what had really happened. What was the greatest event in all of eternity that we know? What was the greatest event? It, it had to be Jesus making atonement for all the sinners of the world. Yeah. Right? I mean, in heaven. And and the scriptures tell us that 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 heaven rejoices over the repentance of one soul. So if, if heaven is rejoicing over the repentance of one soul, what were they doing when Jesus made the eternal sacrifice for all of mankind? What was that celebration like? And so Jesus leaves that celebration. He comes down to his disciples, appears in the midst of them, and does he talk about what's going on in heaven, the greatest event ever? No. He said, do you got anything to eat? He wanted crawfish, but didn't have any. <laughs> they probably didn't have the pots, you know. <laughs> they just had nets. But when we think about that, that's what Jesus enjoyed doing with his disciples the most, is sitting down and fellowshipping with them over a meal. It's like what I say, you know, you mentioned Christians. Anytime you see a collection of Christians, what do you have? Food. Food. You know, we're just in training for heaven. And so I really think that, you know, the most important thing that we can do, I emphasize this to students, the most important thing you can get out of your two years here is not only the education that you get, but developing your personal relationship with the Lord to where you're walking with him, you're talking with him. I even, I tell the students first year, I tell them all the time, quit using that alarm clock and ask the Lord to wake you up every morning. Get the Holy Spirit to wake you up. Let him be your alarm clock. Learn to hear his voice. Because it's going to be that voice that's going to lead you through the rest of your life. Why they're all late for my first hour class. <laughs> Thanks, Reggie. Well, that second year, they're better at it, though. Yeah. <clears throat> now I know. Now you know. So you can blame on Reggie. Yeah. I'll you know, take that blame. Yes, we, sir. I blame on the Holy Spirit for not waking him up, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I, I think he's there. But he's a gentleman, too, you know. <laughs> I'll guarantee you it wakes you up, but then you roll over on them. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times does the Lord talk to us sometimes and we just don't listen or don't want to listen, don't care to listen, you know? Well, not, I, not I, what we want to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We know, no, you know, we can't handle the truth sometimes. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. I want the truth. But the most important thing I think we can understand is that as we do that, turn the radio off in your car. Talk to the Lord when you're driving down the road. The, the gospel song says turn, turn the radio, radio on. on. Yeah. Well, good for the gospel song. Let's go with Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's, that's the most important thing we can do. Yeah, yeah, I caught that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll stick with my, my plan. <laughs> I mean, when, when I'm driving down the road, people used to think that you would be weird if they saw you moving your lips in your car. I said, but, you know, how do they know you're not singing? Yeah, I think you're talking on the phone. We're now. talking yeah, on the phone. phone yeah. yeah. So I, I see people that talk talking in the car all the time. They're just talking to yourself. I do that sometimes, too. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it, don't you think that's like one of the big things that we miss really even in, in religious teaching uh, of course, not here because we're all stressing that personal relationship with the Lord. But I, I think so many times uh, people don't understand they have that religious relationship. Like when they talk to God, they have to change their voice. Oh, God, yeah. you know, or they have to go in the closet and then they leave them in the closet, you know. But, you know, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Take him with you and then act like he's with you and commune with him each and every day of your life. You know, that reminds me of That's another good. another song. Where it says, and he walks with me, Andy and he talks, talks with me. Yeah. But his and, name's not Andy. Andy <laughs> does. Yeah. 
but but I mean it does you know I I think right you bringing up a, a great point I mean, even you know the, the what we call the Lord's Supper the the Last Supper I mean you know how many times did Jesus fellowship with with, with his disciples mm-hmm. you know just hanging out and just you know just having a time of fellowship. But how many times do we not, you know, we might have a time of fellowship with our fellow believers, but we don't necessarily have a time of fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, sometimes we shut him out of our life. And even when we're making major decisions, sometimes we don't ask him. I mean, you know, like Reggie's talking about, my, my mom always points out that whenever she goes shopping or, or whatever, she asks, you know, on the way there, ask the Lord for a, a good parking place. You know, and she she gets it. But, you know, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Ask what we will and it shall be done. But too many people say, well, you know, God doesn't have, you know, he doesn't care about our parking places or doesn't care about this. But, you know, um, he cares about everything. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of times the reason that he doesn't care is we don't let him care or we don't ask him or we don't we don't seek his advice on, you know, on, on everything. And so I, I think that's um, important because, you know, now, some people might have issues because they didn't have a relationship with their earthly father, so they didn't have that yeah. kind of relationship with their earthly father, so True. it's hard to have the same kind of relationship with their heavenly father. And, you know, but, but we need to treat our Lord and Savior just, just like we, we do you know, the people who we can see around about us because he's, he's, he's closer than anyone else around us. He, he's with us yeah. at all times. Yeah. Well, in John 15, it said, Greater love has no man than he laid down his life for us. Friends. Friends. You know, he didn't say a servant. It even goes on to say, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And I think sometimes when we look at that, we don't we don't really understand the closeness of friends. You know, I, I know when I'm outside as a kid and I'm playing with my buddies and we're out there, we're laughing and having a good time, and then my dad comes to the door. I don't go to the door and go, oh, dad. You know, because if I talk that way to him, he said, what's wrong with you, boy? Why are you talking that way to me? You don't talk that way to your friends. Yeah. And, and then the scriptures go on and talk about, you know, that we're to come to the throne room. How? Boldly. Boldly. boldly yeah. He didn't say come to the throne. room. He said, come to the throne room boldly. Now, my image of boldly, just from probably my past experiences, is kicking the door open, basically, and going in. And so I have this image of me running down the halls to the throne room and the angel standing at the door. God's in a conference and I go in the angel see me and they say, Oh, here comes Reggie, open the doors. And he runs in. As soon as God sees me, he goes, Hey, Reggie, come up here, jump up in my lap, boy. What do you need? And I I really think that, you know, if we had a proper image of what Christ brought to us, maybe we wouldn't have the fear that we have towards the Lord. Instead, we would have that relationship to where, as the prodigal son said, I can run back home to my father's house, mm-hmm. knowing he'll receive me, even if he only does it as a servant. But yeah. Jesus said, we're not servants, we're friends. And we, we need to really amplify that in our own personal life, is that he's someone we can run to. Yeah, and you know, I, I think some people, like I said, they take that fear of the Lord scripture and they think, well, I'm supposed to be afraid of God. No, I'm supposed to honor God. I'm supposed to respect him, but I'm not afraid of him. But, you know, we need to also think that he's there to help us in every situation we're going through, no matter what it is, no matter whether we got ourselves in that situation, because there's many times that we get ourselves in our own situations. Sometimes that we had nothing to do with this. Somebody else got us in that situation. And usually it's because the devil's there to still kill and destroy, but it doesn't matter. God's with us all the time. 
in every situation. And, and he's, he wants to help us. But, you know, so many times, maybe I don't know whether we're embarrassed or whether we don't realize that, that we don't talk to him. And, you know, I, I think I know this is going to sound like a very bad example, but I'm, I'm going to give it anyway, because you, you just you just um, whenever you said what you said, I started picturing Christmas time and these little kids that go and sit on Santa's lap. And, you know, and they're not afraid of Santa to tell Santa what they want for Christmas or whatever. And Santa's not a real person, folks. I'm sorry. I don't what? want to, I don't want to bust a bubble here on my podcast. You ruined Tony. He just, he just, <laughs> you know, but, but what you're saying is that, you know, sometimes that we might treat Santa as a kid, especially maybe, you know, hopefully you guys have outgrown that you older people here, you know, more, more than you would, but you're saying that we should treat the Lord the same way. Just jump on his lap and say, you know, Lord, this is what I'm going through. You know, this is, you know, this is. This is what we need, or, or man, I know I just, I just thank you for everything you have done. You know, that's one thing too. We we don't always thank him for what he's done in our life. I mean, we're too busy, you know, asking. It's like you know, it's kind of like our relationship with, with certain people. I'm not saying our relationship, but you see certain people. They're only talk to certain people whenever they need something, mm-hmm. and when they don't need them. I mean, you know, they're out of sight, out of mind. But whenever they need something, they they say run back, you know, but. But we, you know, the Lord wants us to have a daily relationship with Him at all all times, and and He cares about us, and um, He's always looking out for us. One of the things that really helped me, um, this might seem a little hard for some people, but I had a three year old sister that used to play with Jesus as her quote imaginary playmate, and you could go out in the backyard, she'd be sitting there on that that swing they call it teeter totter mm-hmm. where you sit on either yeah. side and she'd just be swinging back and forth and just running her mouth talking like crazy and her name was darlene and you'd say darlene who are you talking to and she'd say jesus and and we're kind of put a smile on her face and go oh yeah really where is he and she, he's right there and she'd point to the other side of the this we called it a teeter totter uh, i think they call it a glider or slider no, no, exactly now what you're talking about yeah. i don't know what to call uh, it i, I call it a teeter totter yeah. as well too so so she'd point to the other side, and he's maybe, right there. Maybe they didn't call that in the South the teeter totter. Well, know. we had our teeter totter in the South was for bigger people. Oh, for yeah. bigger people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a larger piece of equipment. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> not three year old. <laughs> that could be a scary outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to know, Tony. Yeah. So, but if you want to know, you can email Tom. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, email TMAC. Yeah, so so she was so convinced that she was talking to Jesus, and she'd get mad. She'd stomp her foot, and she's right there. And she believed that, and a, and a lot of us just really didn't believe it. And I'm sorry, guys, but that was until she prophesied that she was going to die in a canal and go live with Jesus. And I remember it distinctively. I was nine years old. It was January I was out in the backyard with the towels over my arms that were wet. And my dad was hanging them on the clothesline. He's saying, don't leave, Daddy. You can't leave me. She goes, no. And once again, she had that little foot stomp. I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to live with Jesus. One week to the day, January 27th, we were out on a fishing trip. My mom, my brother, his friend, me, and my sister. And we were going down a dirt road. It was a gravel road alongside canals. In Florida, we have irrigation canals. And as we had finished fishing, we're driving down the road, and my sister was singing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, and she was climbing from the back seat to the front seat. My mom turned. 
and yeah. folks, we didn't have car seats back then. We yeah, did, we, no, we, we didn't. didn't. Have, we didn't have seat belt. We didn't use seat belts back yeah, then. This is 1960. Just want to let you get, you know, for for some of you people who, who, you know, have no clue. I mean, I used to stand on the back of the, of the car when we had to drive as as, yeah. a, as a kid. Yeah, and, my and, arm used to be the child seat front seat belt yeah. in the front. You know, and then yeah. you know we used to also ride in the back of the pickup truck. You know. Just hanging out back there. Anyway, I just want to verify. You know, yeah, that's that's good. Good clarification. I, I, I don't want people to think, "Oh man, your parents were mean." I mean, they never buckled you <laughs> Irresponsible. in. Irresponsible. So, uh, last thing I remember is I said, "Mom, look out! We're going into the canal." So when she turned, obviously she turned the wheel a little bit, and it kind of headed towards the, the canal. And the next thing I remember is I woke up underwater, and I I couldn't get out of the car. Now, canal water is kind of a brackish color, so the glass in the car looked kind of yellow. And so I could see the glass, and I was I could swim, wasn't a problem. And so I swam, and when I went to go out the window, I hit something I couldn't get out. So I swam to the other side of the car, and I, I hit something I couldn't get out. I held my breath as long as I could, and, and then I just opened my mouth and let the water come in. I kept swimming and I I held my breath again as long as I could open my mouth, swallowed water. And somewhere in me, I just knew that if I did this again, it wasn't going to work out well. And at that time, a hand reached in and what I hadn't realized is the car was upside down. And so when I was trying to go out of the window, I was actually hitting the door frame instead of going out the window on the bottom. And so I was pulled down through the bottom and I, I came up. Uh, got to the surface, there was nobody around me that I could remember at that time and swam to the shore and got out. About the time I got there, the first police officer arrived. They surmised I was underwater for over 20 minutes. Mm. I don't know how long I was underwater unconscious. I just woke up underwater. And so, you know, I, I always told that story. My sister, of course, she wasn't there because she went to heaven. And so it come back to 1983, my wife was going to work for or going for a job interview. And this is when I was in my rehabilitation. And so I was just sitting at the, the table, the dining table, praying for her. And while I was praying for her, the Lord all of a sudden just gave me kind of an open vision. I went back to that day. And when I came to the surface, there was no one anywhere around me. And I, I swam to the shore And all this time I had been thanking my brother for saving my life because he was the only one. But when I came to the surface, he was over 30 feet away from me. Now, you know, if you've ever been in the water and been around water with other people, when they're kicking their feet, you can feel the water moving around you. There was nothing moving around me. And so the Lord said to me, he said, I pulled you from that car. Mm. And I said, why are you telling this? He said, because you need to know that it was her desire to come to heaven. So when I, when I think about that in context is that the Lord would take his time to be with this little girl who loved her so much and then gave her her heart's desire. And so when I, when I look back and I look at all these things, I, I think about that's probably where I learn to desire more of an interactive personal relationship with the Lord. And we all know that God is not a respecter of persons, and he desires to have that same type of relationship with us. Amen. Wow. That's tremendous. <laughs> I'm speechless. 
Yeah. So all, all this time, you know, you have thought was your brother until eight, 1983. Yeah. Wow. And every time I, my brother was a, he was one of the guys that had the, you know, the greasy hair, slick back DA, yeah. uh, in the, for DA, you, you figure out what a DA is later. Uh, but he always had, you know, his cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. He was a muscle guy, tough guy around school. And so when I would thank him for doing that and I'd tell people, he'd tell me, quit telling people that. I thought he just didn't want the hero complex, mm. but it was really because he didn't do it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're God not, is good. We're not usually speechless on, on the program. So, um, like I said, that was during the re- re- rehabilitation process after your injury there, um, you know, in Miami, because courtesy of some criminals. That um, yeah, one was uh, had eight homicide warrants out, and the other one had three uh, armed robbery warrants out, and and they just didn't want our accommodations. Yeah, so but that's when God really got a hold of you. Yeah. Even even though at eleven years old, you know. You know, well, even at seven, but you know, you know, sometimes it seems that things never really get serious in, until we we go through serious situations, and and then that's whenever we decide, you know, maybe um God has a plan for me, but God has a plan for you no matter whether you're looking for it or not looking for it, and like you know your situation, that's whenever you begin to to look and see what's next, God, and that's whenever you come upon Rama Bible Training College, and like I said, you know, some of you guys. Might have been going going through a tough time. Some of you might have lost your job. Some of you, you know, I mean, things are just not what they s- seem to be, you know, in the last year and a half. And, and a lot of things that you put your hope and your trust in doesn't seem to be there anymore. Maybe you need to start looking to God and seeing what he has next for your life. And maybe Raymond Bible Training College is the place. Whether you feel called to the ministry or just feel called to learn more about the Word of God. You know, because a lot of students come here just to learn more about the Bible with, with no intention at all um, to go into the ministry. And then, you know, it's, it's interesting as we interview ministers and say, well, I came to Raymond. I just want to learn more about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then while I was here learning more about the Bible, the Word of God got a hold of me. And God called me into the ministry. You know, so a lot of times people say, well, you know, if I had a particular calling to go into ministry, I'd come to Ramah. Maybe you just want to learn more about the Bible. Because um, unfortunately, a lot of folks don't know the word. You know, I, I preach two things that we should know. We, we need to know what the word of God says. We need to go know about our spiritual rights and privilege. privileges. You know, in, over the last year and a half, we need to know what the Constitution of the United States says. And we need to know what, what, our, what our natural you know, rights are as an American citizen. And I think it's very important to, to know what our rights are because we can't know who we are in Christ or who, who we are as a citizen unless we know what our rights are. You know, and Raymond Bible Training College is a wonderful place to come. I mean, you know, just fellowshipping with, with, with other believers like yourself, I mean, it, it's an awesome time. rbtc.org. And if you'll just go on the website, um, fill out some information and give us your phone number, and we're going to have someone call you. Or maybe you go to the website and say, Craig, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to sign up right now. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, God's been dealing with me. You, you can just say there's a place that says register here. Go ahead and do that. You know, um, but God has a plan and a purpose for you. And, you know, um, obviously it took a bad thing before ever, before you started moving into your call. 
You know, um, we're going to have you back, Reggie, on our next program. We haven't even finished your, your whole testimony. We left you in Scott City, Kansas, and then and then you talked about you know something that happened that, that I'm I'm speechless. Yeah, you know, amazing. It's an amazing story, but but it also tells us you know how much God does love us, and and you know and how he he wants to make sure that we get out of situations that, that I mean, it seems impossible, but things that are impossible to man are possible with God. Amen. So um, we're going to go ahead and sign off on this program, and, and we'll, we'll talk more about, about your testimony, what you're going through, talk about you being a teacher here at Rama. But, you know, um, here at Rama, we, we love you, and, and we, we want to help you. And um, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope, help, and, and healing to, to the, the world. world. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.